Motivation is the art of getting people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it, said Dwight Eisenhower. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture. But this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. Welcome today to a new series in my podcast, which I'm calling Performance Acceleration. And it'll be based around what I've been learning as a result of recently publishing my new book, Accountability at Work, after a bit of a break from my last one, Walking the Talk. And in those years, I've become really deeply involved with so many people and organizations who are looking for some sort of a growth accelerator or a way to improve their performance. And as a result of that, I decided that the next book needed to be on accountability. Now, many of you listening will never have written a book, although some of you may have aspired to do so one day. So I'll tell you a curious thing, having published a couple now myself, which is that when you bring a book out, you become known as an expert in that topic more than anything else that you may know or do, and I've certainly found that, that I've actually, therefore, because people are now asking me so much about accountability, I'm doing more keynotes on accountability, I'm working with groups on that, that I'm finding that I'm actually continuing to learn and learning more and more about the topic since the book came out and since it was published because of that interest it's generated and the really good questions people are asking me the experiences people have using the techniques that I introduced in the book. So I'm gaining more insights and distinctions about what it really takes to accelerate growth by getting better at both being accountable and holding others to account. And so in this series, I want to share some of that with you, some of those insights, and also interview some people who are applying different elements of accountability and seeing the benefits. So this week, I want to talk about trust and specifically the role that trust has and how it generates what's become known as psychological safety, which it turns out has a really big impact on the level to which people are able to be accountable. And we've got some empirical evidence of that. Now, we've done some research through our company and found that people are actually more accountable in an environment where they feel safe, and we all deliver more to people with whom we have that kind of relationship of mutual trust. So, so much for fear and intimidation, we're actually finding that the opposite has the best impact. So what does that mean and what can you do with it if you want to accelerate your own performance and that of your people or your clients? So some of you know, my point of view on accountability is that at its heart, it needs to be a relationship between two people. The asker, I'm calling one, who wants something, and a giver who can deliver what the asker wants. And that dynamic holds true in many circumstances. Holds true between a boss and one of her team, between two peers who have different roles, between a supplier and their customer, between two friends. 
and in a more abstract form between a company or a government and the communities that they serve. And of course, we all play both the asker and the giver role in different circumstances with different people. So a critical determinant I've found of whether the giver will ultimately deliver is the extent to which they fully own the commitment that they make to the asker. And that goes right back to the quote at the beginning from Dwight Eisenhower, that it has to be something you want to do. So here's a typical situation that I see so frequently. Just last week, I was talking with a client who was frustrated that some members of his team had not implemented a decision that had been made to reduce the number of projects that were running. The business was overwhelmed. Now, if you want to accelerate performance, you can be pretty sure that doing less and doing it better is probably one way of doing that. And we're finding a lot of clients at the moment, a lot of organizations are feeling that overwhelm and troubling with prioritization and so on. So he said to me, yeah, yeah, we discussed it as a team and everyone agreed it was important. And now, you know, Carolyn, it's a month later and most of them haven't even put together a list of the projects that are happening. They just don't seem to take accountability for this stuff. Now, you can hear where I might be heading here. Eh? <laughs> so I spoke to his team members, the ones that he named, the ones he said hadn't done anything, and asked them, you know, so what's going on with this prioritization project where you're trying to do less and you know, stop some things? So one of them had absolutely no recollection of agreeing to anything. Uh, the second one remembered it, but thought that the IT department was going to drive the reduction of projects, so was waiting to hear from them. The third had had a crisis with some clients and hadn't even had time to think about it. And the fourth had discussed it with his team and asked them to come back with a good list of projects that could be pushed out or postponed or whatever. But he thought it was probably going to take three months to get to that stage and he hadn't realised his boss was expecting something within a month. Now, I find this a pretty typical situation, and I imagine that you would too. And it's actually, I find, at the heart of anybody who says, we haven't got a sense of urgency or things aren't going fast enough, or, you know, the acceleration I'm looking for isn't happening, that there are completely misaligned expectations between the boss and the team, in this case, between the asker and the giver. So what to do to change that dynamic, which is going on, in meetings everywhere, all over the world. I've found that it hinges on having the quality of conversation that needs to occur between an asker and a giver at that very front end, right when the request is being made. And in the case of this client and the desire to cut projects, there was a crucial conversation with the team where the subject was brought up, and according to my client, the team agreed to cut some projects. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't in that meeting, but my hypothesis, based on many similar meetings that I've seen, is that the agreement was not actually that black and white. I think that I could probably speak to all of those presents. I spoke to four of them and heard such different stories from each of them suggests to me that that's going to be the case. So why are so many of these crucial conversations not successful? 
I said this episode would look at psychological safety and why it increases accountability. And what I think is happening is that what's needed in that conversation is specificity and challenge and honesty and questioning. What specifically was being asked to and agreed to? What does cut some projects actually mean? And what was the first step required from everyone and what time frame? Why did no one ask those questions? Now, I think in meetings that people tend to want to look good. They want to look competent. Yes, no worries, I'll take care of that, I've got it. That's the easiest response because it avoids conflict, it involves any difficult discussion, and it involves admitting that I might not have all the answers here. You really do have to trust one another to get the more difficult conversation happening, the elements that we tend to avoid. And that's something that I think has to be built up over time. So if you're in the role of the asker, that means making yourself open to challenge, open to the possibility that people won't just say yes to what you want, to the possibility that there will be some sort of negotiation. And for the giver, I think it means facing possible pressure from the asker, and persevering with the conversation until you reach the point where you really are clear about what's being asked and ready to agree. And in this case, perhaps a clear first step might have been, you know, a list of existing projects which the whole team can then discuss and prioritise together and, you know, maybe a month from today. So the more you have those difficult conversations, the more trust builds, and the more trust builds, the easier it is to have more conversations because it becomes a kind of a virtual circle. And the place that we all want to get to is an agreement where the asker gets the stretch that she wanted and the giver is able to put his hand on his heart and say, yes, you absolutely can count on me to do that. And you only get to that place with a real conversation with both parties engaged and conscious and honest and deliberate. And that is one of the core skills of accountability, having those conversations. And it occurs much more if you can build uh, the environment of trust. So that's one of the insights I've been having as I work more with accountability, that the quality of the relationship feeds the quality of conversation and vice versa. And this produces the depth of commitment that then significantly raises the likelihood of delivery. Because you need that depth of commitment to overcome all the distractions and the challenges that inevitably come up along the way between when somebody gives their word and when the final delivery takes place. There's so much that gets in the way. So somehow the commitment has got to rise above all that and be strong enough to be remembered and to be felt. So here's an exercise to try from this. If you're an asker or when you're an asker, notice the next time you make an ask and linger on it. Be specific. Ask people if they understand. Ask them what challenges or risks that they see. Engage in a real conversation. Don't just throw it off the cuff. And as a giver, notice the next time someone asks something of you. Don't immediately say yes without thinking. Question and clarify and engage in a real conversation. And then make the commitment that you make really count so it's like a promise 
So more on accountability and how it accelerates growth next week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and take some things from it you can apply. And thank you for listening.